Adam, and we had the incredible opportunity to speak with Kyla Carter over Zoom video. Kyla has a very fascinating story. She got on Broadway at a very, very early age. She was in the musical The Sound of Music at eight years old, touring all around the country. She talks to us about her voiceover career. She's in the DreamWorks animated television series Trolls Topia. And she recently started releasing her own music. So we talk a lot about that and her recent single, 3 AM. You can watch our interview with Kyla on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Kyla Carter. My name is Adam, and this is all about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about uh, the new music you've been putting out. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. Uh, born and raised on Long Island? Is that yeah. what I read? Born and raised. <laughs> right on, talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So what was it like born, growing up on Long Island? Growing up on Long Island, I think, is very different than I would say growing up in the city. I think my favorite part about my childhood is that I was always kind of in two places at once. I was always in New York City like every day, but I also had like the comfort of the suburbs. Um, I live in a beach town, which is so funny considering like I'm such a city girl, but um, all of my friends are like surfer chicks who like go out on the weekends and like are partying all the time. So I think having that contrast of really um, suburbs, like very open and the like, how do I say this? The closeness of the city, I think was uh -huh. really cool. I love Long Island so much. I think the beaches are great. It's especially fun in the summer, living on an island where people are constantly coming here for vacation and you kind of just live here is just so much fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm from San Diego originally, so we have a similar, similar vibe in that sense where people come there to vacation and, yeah. and beach and everything else there. That's cool. That's I didn't think about it that way, though, but you have the city so close to you. Yeah. That not I, only do you have, yeah, you have the beach, but then you also have access to going into the biggest city in the, in the country, obviously. Yeah, and I think a lot of people in my town specifically, don't really go to the city a lot. And I think when people find out that I'm there like at least three days a week, they're kind of surprised. They're like, you mm -hmm. go to the city that often? Like we only go there during Christmas to see like Rockefeller. And I'm like, sure. no, like <laughs> there's so many other things. There's like Broadway shows and like all this stuff and great restaurants. And I'm like, oh, really? And I'm like, you're so close. Just go into the city. <laughs> Can't you just take like a subway from your from yeah, Long Island? I, I have a train station five minutes away from my house and it's a hour and a half ride to Penn, uh, Penn Station. Mm -hmm. And you, from there, you can take every subway in existence to get to wherever you need to be. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And you've been going into the city you know, pretty much your whole life, right? I mean, you got on a Broadway show very early. Yeah, 10 years Um actually 10 years coming up, I've been going in and out of the city all the time, which I miss it so much. I haven't been there in a while. I, yesterday I was 
driving. It was actually my birthday yesterday, but oh, I was happy birthday. Thank you. I was driving through New York city because we were going, um, we were going somewhere for my birthday and I was just, so, I was like, Oh, I miss this city so much since I haven't been there in so long considering COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. But, um, it was a good reminder, but yes, I love, I love that. I have like dual lives in both places. <laughs> sure. That's amazing. That's amazing. How did you get into music? I mean, doing Broadway at such an early age. Yeah. It was, um, it was kind of weird, I guess, getting into Broadway and then my transition to doing music because uh-huh. I started really wanting to do Broadway. That was like my initial thing is the, I saw Broadway actors like Kristen Chenoweth at the time when I was really little was in Wicked mm-hmm. and I was obsessed with her. I was obsessed with Shirley Temple and how she could just do everything. And I was mm-hmm. I really wanted to be exactly like Shirley Temple. I guess she was my main influence. And I would tell my parents, I want to be on Broadway. I want to be on Broadway. I just want to be on Broadway. So they put me in musical theater classes and singing lessons and all this crazy stuff, which I got on Broadway, which was like my main dream. So I was, right. I was so accomplished. And then COVID. At such an early age too. I mean, an early age. I, mean <laughs> I look back at that and I'm like, wow, people like work their whole lives just to be here. And here I am. I was like eight at the time and I'm on Broadway. Just like, this wow. is crazy. And I did that for a while and I knew growing up, that's, uh, that's what I do for the rest of my life is I just wanted to be a Broadway actor. I didn't care Mm -hmm. about movies, television. No, I just wanted to sing and dance and do all that fun stuff. But COVID happened and I was kind of stuck because the whole industry just disappeared Mm -hmm. basically. Right. Broadway has never closed. So I was like, what am I going to do? Like my whole life, this is all I've wanted. And now it's kind of taken away from me. So I needed to figure out what I actually like doing. Like, okay, let's separate myself from Broadway and figure out if this isn't here. And if this doesn't come back, like, what do I want to do? Because I Mm -hmm. love singing, I love dancing and I love writing, which I've always loved writing from a really early age. My father is actually an English teacher. So wow. He's a principal and he teaches English and he has his hist- um, degrees in history and English and craziness. So I'd always loved writing and I wrote little songs like ABC songs when I was like five or six. So I was like, hey, maybe I like writing music. So I just started like fooling around a little bit. And I asked my mom for my birthday, I think two years ago for a guitar. Mm-hmm. And she was like, sure, get into instruments. Like I'm all for that. And I think guitar really brought me into writing music because not only was I now writing lyrics, I was writing melodies that went with it on guitar. Mm-hmm. And I never wanted to release anything. I was like, oh, do you want to release a song? And I was like, no, never. I don't want to release anything. I just want to um, play around until I was like, you know, I actually do want to release music. And that's kind of where I am now. <laughs> do you know, was there something that shifted? Like, why did you, why do you think that you got the courage to put out your own song? I mean, it was kind of, it was one day where I was kind of just like, I'm going to do this. And I think because I was relaying everybody else's message through Broadway, you can't really, you don't really have a voice. You're just a character in a show. Mm-hmm. And I, that's great. I loved playing different people. I thought that that was so awesome how one day I could be like a Von Trapp child and the next I'm like in a different time period. I just thought that that was so cool that the versatility of being an actor, but I was never saying my own message. I was always saying somebody else's and portraying mm-hmm. their story. 
So I thought, you know, I want to tell people my story because people really don't know who I am. They know the characters I've played, but they don't know what's behind the characters. So mm-hmm. I kind of thought of it that way. And that's why I was like, you know, I'm going to release this because I want to know what I want people to know who I actually am. I love that. I love that. You talked about being like, you know, industrially temple and, and all these Broadway stars growing up. Were you exposed to Broadway shows like on television or like, how do, how do you even <laughs> get into that? I, I, Both of my parents are educators, so they know nothing about music or anything. None of my family is musically inclined. So I'm the <laughs> oddball out. And ever since I was little, my mom had kept track of, kept track of like all my little habits when I was little and like a little notebook and she would constantly say I was humming before I was talking um just whatever kind of picked up or whatever little song before I could even talk I was always humming so when they were trying to figure out like oh what do we want her to get into like let's find her special interest when she's like five mm-hmm. when she was like really little and I was in gymnastics and ice skating which I actually really enjoyed and I actually quit ice skating to do acting but um soccer I did all these crazy things and my parents decided that since I was dancing in the soccer goals and I was leaping across the ice skating rink that maybe we put her in dance, like mm-hmm. let's, let's put her into dance. So I was into dance and then I loved the music. And while I was dancing, I was singing to the music. So they were like, well, let's put her in a musical theater class. That's the best of both worlds. You get everything. And I started, I came home and I was like four and I was singing Seasons of Love from Rent, which is a highly inappropriate song for a four-year-old to be singing. (laughs) Um, They were like, wow, she can actually sing. So they put me into singing lessons and my singing teacher who actually lived right down the block from me. And she was initially a piano teacher mm-hmm. and started having me sing. And she was like, you need to bring her into the city to get an agent. And my parents were like, no, 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 no. This is just for fun. Like, we don't want to get her into all that. Like that's sketchy business. Like it's all crazy. And they were like, no, 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 you need to take her. And I got signed with an agent. And from there they were like, you need to do musical theater and kind of sent me on auditions, getting oh. me to it. So it was a really, it was like whole process, but I'd always wanted to do it, but I just didn't have like the resources until my amazing parents collectively were like, okay, we're putting her into this, like all for one, one for all, I guess. <laughs> wow. Okay. And then you obviously landed the role Yeah. on I what sound my, of music was the first one you did. I booked my first audition. So I initially went into TV, which I did. What would you do? Which I don't even know is running anymore. The Nickelodeon um, show. It was on ABC. Oh, maybe that's, I'm thinking of, I'm too old. So I was thinking of something else. (laughs) It was on ABC (laughs) and basically they would put strangers in a situation. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. It was like this whole thing. And I was like a pageant toddler and I booked that. And then I actually got into the voiceover industry before I even broke into musical theater, because at the time there wasn't a lot of like, you can't put a five-year-old on Broadway. Like now you can put whatever age on Broadway. They have like babies on stage, but <laughs> that time they weren't really putting like younger, younger kids on Broadway. So I booked my first role with Nickelodeon. That was on Nickelodeon, which I did Wally Kazam, which is voiceover work. Okay. Which- I think also really helped my acting kind of build. And I was gaining experience, which really helped me land the Broadway role in Sound of Music because I didn't want to just go into it blind. I knew that I needed experience to build up your resume 
but um, I was still a nobody. <laughs> I still am a nobody, but um, I went into it, which was kind of crazy. And I met so many amazing people and made a lot of connections, which helped me further mm-hmm. advance which I learned a lot of the industry is connections, but that's sure. how I kind of got into it. Oh, wow. So you, you did Broadway after you had already landed a couple television yeah. roles. I didn't hit it right away. And I think I didn't really get a lot of musical theater auditions right away or Broadway auditions. It was more commercials and mm-hmm. TV because I was that all American. I still am that all American, like blonde, um, per, like girl. So mm-hmm. when they were looking for that, I would land every single one. Um, which was crazy. It was great. My parents were like, why, what is going on? Like, she's like five years old. But, um, from that, I would still say after every audition, I want to be, I want to be on Broadway. Like, I just want to sing and to be like, okay, Kyla, but you need to do this first before you can get there. And then finally it worked out. (laughs) That is amazing. And you did a ton of shows right on the Broadway uh, circuit where you toured with sound of music. Yeah. I toured with sound of music and with white Christmas and I did a bunch of like other shows and all this crazy stuff, which was, it was so fun though. I'm so happy I got to experience um, traveling with Broadway shows. I think a lot of people don't really understand the commitment of traveling week to week with a Broadway show, especially when you're eight or nine years old and you're being told, okay, you're doing school for four hours and you're going to the theater and you're working for seven hours and they have to wake up the next day to go back to school. So it was really like juggling everything, but I think it really helped me figure out like schedule and plan things really easily and help my parents figure out everything too. Wow. That can, I, that must've been a lot to do school and be on tour it was a lot it was a lot of work and I think back to it now and I'm like how did I how was I not stressed out I guess my little eight-year-old brain just kind of went into it thinking like this is so much fun but if I now I'd be like oh my god there's so many things I have to do and I need a schedule and I need to figure this out but I build I built that foundation of like okay this is exactly what it is I know what I'm getting into and I think that's why I was able to succeed without much error Mm mm-hmm and you did Broadway, you said all the way up until COVID? Yeah, all the way up until COVID. I actually got off White Christmas three months before the country shut down. So I really just got off of tour. I was starting to get back into like my normal, like teenage life kind mm-hmm. of. I was like, okay, I got to go back to school with like my friends, but I hadn't seen them in like five months. So I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. I was trying to get into it. And then the country shut down. I was like, oh goodness, what am I going to do now? School is out. So I can't even focus on that. I was like, right. like what, if, what, what is there to do? There's nothing for me to do anymore. So I was really, really lost, but I think um, songwriting really helped me find my way again and kind of separated me from like that Broadway baby world into like the pop industry. Sure. When, uh, when you'd come back to school, were people, did people like know that you're on Broadway? Were they like, I mean, jealous or I dealt supportive. With a lot of jealousy from people, and I think the main thing that made me really just upset was a lot of people thought who hadn't even like talked to me before. I was really snooty, and I thought that I was better than everybody else. And I was like, "You literally have not even talked to me. Like, what? That makes zero sense." Somebody's accomplishments just because somebody has accomplishments doesn't mean that they're like a prude or whatever. Right. Right. I was really confused how I was dealing with that. And a lot of my friends actually were having, I was having a lot of trouble with them when I came back from tour because I was having to remake relationships because people change over five months. I know that I've completely Mm -hmm. 
in the past year. So even making my friends after COVID was like, okay, this is who I am now. Like you either like me or not. Mm -hmm. And of course I have amazing supportive friends now. And I really learned who is my friend and who isn't, which was a hard lesson too. But I definitely, and I still deal with a lot of jealousy from people and I'm learning that not everybody's going to like me and I'm going to have to just deal with that and just keep being me. And my parents have kind of forced that message onto me too, ever since I was little. And I've always kind of dealt with that because I was always the odd one out. I would, I was constantly missing birthday parties. And instead of like playing hopscotch, I was Mm -hmm. filming for a movie somewhere. (laughs) So it was like that kind of disconnect from childhood, which a lot of people are like, you missed out. It was like, no, I did not. Mm -hmm. Trust me. I did not. It's like, you could keep your hopscotch. I'll take the movie credit instead. Right, exactly, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, it was kind of, especially where I am now, I'm really comfortable in who I am. And just building that message has kind of let the jealousy just seep away and I don't really care anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine people would be totally jealous that you get to tour the country and and do what you love to do and they'll (laughs) hear you on TV or this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. I mean, to be on Trolls, that's huge. That was crazy. I feel like that was the moment where I was like, oh my God, this is this actually real? I feel like with Broadway, I was just so like on top of it that anything else kind of seemed like so distant, like I could never get to it. And with Trolls, it was actually, I think I found out maybe three or four years ago, a couple days before my birthday. And I was in Penn Station and my parents, well, my mother got a phone call from my agent saying, Hey, she booked trolls. And I remember just standing there going, no, I'm a troll. What? No, this isn't real. This is crazy. I was so excited. I was like, Oh my God, I'm a troll. Like, how is it even possible? And I think that opened up a whole new world too, because I had never sang pop music before I was 11, 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. And I was just so Broadway that I was really scared because Trolls isn't Broadway. Trolls is pop music. Right, right. And that that job opened up, okay, there's different types of music out there. Like it's not just show tunes and like Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like there's so many other people that are releasing great music. And that's when I started getting into like Taylor Swift and Harry Styles and like One Direction and all these people Mm -hmm. that I was like, oh my God, their music is so good. Like, why did I, why didn't I gravitate towards this? And that was a big push into the pop industry, which helped me with my songwriting. Yeah. So I was going to ask you about that. So that did, I'm sure help quite a bit with, with the music you've been writing now. For sure. And I think why, Average Puzzle Piece, which is a more inspirational song, was Mm -hmm. my first release is because Because You're You, the song I sang in Trolls, was an inspirational piece. And I think that's why my brain was like, you should do this first because you've done something like this. And Mm -hmm. this is similar to that. So people that already know you from that will like this song because it is similar to what Trolls wrote for me. Mm -hmm. So getting into that it was so scary because i was like mom i don't want to sing pop music like all i've been doing is singing broadway for my whole life and i have an amazing voice coach who was like oh my gosh kyla you can sing anything you're fine Mm -hmm. and who taught me like pop characteristics and i think that's why i was able to transition smoothly and wasn't like writing broadway music and really started writing pop music and of course i can write broadway music broadway music is very um it's still very full of like imagery, but it's bigger. Pop music is kind of condensed in a way. It's not as like broad. It has to be more specific. 
I mm-hmm. thought. But um, I think that's why I was able to translate so easily. When you first started writing your own songs, were they more in the Broadway vein or was it Some still of them were. Pop? Okay. I, I started writing, I think I've been writing songs since I was really little. If I had the urge to write something, I'd write I'd write something. I'd be like, oh, I think this idea is really fun. So I'd write maybe like a verse. <laughs> like I would never finish a song because I mm-hmm. didn't know how to. And I started off writing songs for like holidays. So like I never knew what to get my parents for as a gift. So I'd write them a song on my ukulele and they'd love Oh, wow. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Or my brother even learned ukulele and I'd have him play and I'd sing, which was really cute. And I started off doing that. And when I was like, oh, okay, this is how an actual song is formatted. There's a verse and a chorus and then another verse and chorus and bridge. And you can configurate that with a pre-chorus if you want or a post-chorus. So finding that out, that information was like, okay, this is how an actual song is pieced together. But how do I write one? So mm-hmm. I started off writing like very much Broadway style, very cheesy. And as I, I have amazing mentors who were like, okay, well, let's try a different style. How about you write a country song? Listen to country music artists and write a country song. I'd be like, okay. So I found Kelsey Ballerini and Kelly Clarkson and all these people and started listening to their music. And then I wrote a country song. They were like, how about, how about you write a rap song? Which I would never <laughs> sing rap in my life. I was like, you're asking me to write a rap song? Like I am the least rap person I think you will ever meet. <laughs> just an exercise. Like, how about you try it? So I tried to write a rap song, like, and my influencers were Janelle Monet and um, Kanye West. Even I listened to Kanye West songs. I was like, I can't write a rap song, but I wrote one and it was very still in my style, mm-hmm. but it was in the rap genre. And that's when they were like, okay, well, how about you start listening to pop artists and draw what you want from them? So I feel like collectively listening to people and putting things together. I think Ariana Grande does that. She'll listen to certain artists and pick and choose what she wants from their specific vocal style and kind of put them together and make it her own, which I think is so much fun because you kind of get the best of both worlds. You're listening to amazing artists, but you're also trying to build your image and who you are. But if I like how um, Christina Aguilera does this like one riff in the specific way it sits in her voice, I'll try and mimic that, but still in my vocal style. Mm -hmm. And I think building those characteristics over time has really helped me write in general. That's amazing. Um, you talked about playing ukulele. Was that the first instrument you learned? To it play? was. I learned ukulele on tour. Jeremy Lanuti, who is on tour with me, um, we were both swings together at the time, and then we eventually bumped up into principal roles. But um, backstage, he would always play ukulele, and I begged him to teach me. I was like, please teach me how to play the ukulele. Please teach me. <laughs> and he was like, okay, fine. I'll teach you how to play the ukulele. So he taught me how to play just like simple basic chords. And through time when the internet was developing and all these like ukulele videos started coming out, I started to learn those. And then my brother wanted to learn it. And I was like, okay, I'll teach you. So then he he learned ukulele. And from ukulele, I was confident enough to get into guitar. And because it's basically the same, ukulele is four strings, guitar is six, but -hmm. they're very similar. So getting into guitar was a lot easier than expected. It's still so hard, like power chords and bar chords are just the bane of my existence. But (laughs) 
getting into it with basic C chords and G chords and F sharps, it was so easy. And I think that's why I was very ready to start writing music really early. Cause I was like, okay, I have basic chords. I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And then I can expand with bar chords and power chords, which I do now, but, um, okay. a year ago, I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'll stick with my C chord, please. Sure. Sure. So the, your most recent song is called 3am. Was that a song that you wrote, um, wouldn't after COVID happened or prior? Yes. I wrote that song, I think in December and a lot of people ask me, they're like, oh, who is it about? Because it is such like a heartbroken song. Mm -hmm. And I like to explain to people that the message isn't really like a breakup romantically. It can be about friends that you don't text anymore or family members that you've lost. And I've know that I've lost a lot of people in the past year, friends and some people who've unfortunately passed away that I was just really bummed out. And a lot of people were like, oh, it's very romantic. And I was like, yes, sure, it is very romantic, but there's still another meaning behind it where I could write it about like friends that have lost. And that's really what I did write it about was even losing Broadway, losing everything that I knew that I wish I could get back. And a lot of people are like, who's the boy? I'm like, there's no boy. It's not, that's not what it's about. It's about <laughs> losing something. And they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But um, that song was, I've written over 30 songs and that one was toward the end of that 30. There has been songs where I will just literally trash in the garbage. Like, this sucks, I'll rewrite this <laughs> But um, 3 a.m. was definitely one of the songs where I was like, I need to put this out there because it's very different from anything I have released. And I think the message is important and everybody can relate to it. I love that. And do you have more songs that you've written yeah. that are coming? Definitely. I have a song coming out. There's no specific date yet, but in okay. end of September and it's called Karma. And it's about people who have wronged you. <laughs> I feel like, and it's a lot about jealousy. I feel like, which we were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. I faced so much jealousy and in the past year specifically, I faced a lot of jealousy. I recently got verified on Instagram and- Wow, congratulations. Thank you. My platform kind of blew up with, and I was like, oh my gosh, why is this happening? Like, this is so crazy after I started releasing music. And I just, a lot of kids from my school started to just cut that down and kind of undermine all of my accomplishments, which I had let go. And then I was like, no, there's no point on letting that go um, because it's so awful to feel undermined by people who, not that you like care about, but, but are in your circle. And I would talk to my parents constantly about, I don't know what to do. This is so awful. Like, I don't know how to deal with this. And they were like, you don't have to do anything. They're like, you just keeping who you are, keep going. And that's where the idea of karma came in is because I don't, I don't need to get revenge. Karma will get them eventually. So that's really what the song is about. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Wow. Getting verified on Instagram must've been a big validating moment for you. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. I've been waiting for that forever. I was on the phone with my friend and it was 10 o'clock at night. I'm on the phone with my friend. I'm FaceTiming her and we're just chatting about school and everything. And my mom comes running into my room. She's like, Kyla, check your phone. I was like, check my phone for what? She's like, check your phone, hang up. I was like, wait, 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 give me a minute. So I check Instagram. I was like, I'm screaming, like at the top of my lungs. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> 
And my brother comes running into my room because he's right across the hall. He's 13 months younger than me. So we're really close. And he comes running into the hall and he's like, what happened? I'm like, I got verified. <laughs> and he runs downstairs and he gets a cookie. He gets like an Oreo cookie and he rips the top off and he dies like, this is like the span of like five minutes. He <laughs> dies the cream inside of it blue. And then he like pipes out a check mark. And so does me. So it's like a little verification check. Oh, that's cool. And this is like five minutes. And he's like, I made this really fast. I was like, Camden, oh my gosh, you're amazing. So I was just screaming and it was just so great. It was such a validating moment because like, it's something that I'd been recently working towards mm -hmm. was getting that blue check mark. And not that it really means anything. Like I could have gone without it, but just knowing that I've been recognized as somebody influential and who's influencing people, I think mm -hmm. just such a surreal feeling. I was like, wow, I earned that because I've, I've influenced people and I've spread my messages and I've released music and it's all collectively come together into that one little blue check mark. It, re it really is amazing how, you know, it's a huge deal to get verified on Instagram. Yeah. It, it was crazy. It was so insane. And my mom was, I think my mom was actually more excited than I was. <laughs> oh my God, Kyla. She's like, this is so amazing. I was like, I know mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is so cool. And I can't wait to hear the next song you have coming out. And I love uh, 3am and I appreciate you doing this interview. It's been awesome. Thank you so much. So much for having me on. It's been amazing talking to you. I have one more question before I let you go. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. I do. I think growing up in an industry where you're told to be a specific thing is really hard. And I think just really keeping who you are is so important. And that can evolve over time in your career. But I think just specifically knowing who you are and what you want will really help you in the long run.